Losers fans, welcome to the worst hockey podcast for the very first time. A podcast about Igor Shesterkin, Connor Bedard, everything in between. I'm here with my co-host and resident Blackhawks expert, Nick. Nick, say hello for the first what time. Is, what is up? We're very excited to bring all of these new changes to everybody. Hopefully everyone rocks with it because this has been a conversation that we've been having for a long time. I mean, so the theory is right that we're just gonna we're gonna be a uh, a hockey podcast, not just it has been more than just a Rangers podcast for a long time now, right? So let's let's make yep. it a real just hockey hockey podcast, you know? Yeah, I'm 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 very excited about this, man. Um, first of all, you know, I want to say I want to have a I have a debt of gratitude for for you bringing me in on this. I know originally. We had started off by saying like, "Oh, this would be like every now and then, you know, like we'll we'll bring you on, you'll or I'll bring you on and do, uh, we'll talk about you know Blackhawks and all this." And then it just became like every day, every week we were at the gym, we we're like, "Hey, want to do another episode? Hey, want to do another episode? Hey, are we recording today? Are we recording today?" It went from asking me if we're doing another episode to, "Hey, what time are you available to record today?" And it was exactly. became a weekly thing, and then it kind of just became like, "Dude, let's just do this together. Like, let's." Let yeah. me ride your coattails of the the <laughs> work that you started. Let me come in halfway and then, you know, let me have a name on this. <laughs> I mean, honestly, man, it's it's just been the feedback and, and the reach and, and the amount of people that are caring about the show now has just been astronomical. I'll attribute it one to the longer form episodes. I think that that's helping out. But also, I think it's just our banter, right? So I, I think right. that people... I think that people enjoy us talking, and like I said, I'm still going to be a Blue Shirts fan. You're, you're going to be a Hawks fan. We're going to have our biases, but now we can just cover more than just the Rangers, more than just Ranger game breakdowns that I was doing and Broadway yeah. bonuses and stuff. Now now it's it's open-ended because I don't just watch Rangers games, right? I watch as much hockey right. as I physically possibly can. And I know that you watch as much hockey as you can, and I feel like now with doing this show, you'll probably watch even more hockey, and I might watch even more hockey. Like So it's, it's just going to make it more fun, and then we're going to... You know, you're yeah. actually... You're actually 100% right on that because, like, yeah, like when we before we did started doing this, I would, yeah, I'd watch Blackhawks games and I'd be like, oh, okay, well, this game's on. Oh, you know, I need background sound, like background noise, like I'll turn it on, blah, blah, blah. But now it's like, okay, uh, I've heard really good things about this player and really good things about this player. I've watched this player for years, heard about this guy, what they're matching up, let's watch. And then next thing you know, it's just like, dude, did you see. I'm kind of foreshadowing. Did you see Butchnevich's game the other day? Where exactly? You know, like, did you see this? Did you see that? And then it's like, all right, we'll save it for the fucking pod. Like, let's talk about it on on fucking Sunday. And we're like, fucking, let's do it. And yeah, it's like I said, it makes it fun. I mean, like, our families are why we got into like watching hockey. And now it's kind of like now our friendship is how we you know, really dive in. Like, I, I've always kind of been like an almost like an analytics kind of guy, but mostly for the Rangers, you know. But it's more fun mm-hmm. now having a, a show where we have to like kind of know a little bit of everything. We don't know everything about the NHL and we don't see every game. We don't see every player, but like now it's an open-ended right. conversation that you and I can always just have. And whatever is going on yeah. in hockey, there's always a lot, right? 82 games for every team. So there's always a, something to talk about, right? Right. Exactly. And that's, that's the cool part, you know, like there's always something you're never going to run. We might, <laughs> we might have problems like in the off season, but I mean, as of like during season, we're not we're never gonna run out of content and that's the one thing that i like and run out of like talking points and all that shit like you know, I'm, I'm really excited about it and and i'm really ready to to really kick it into full gear with everyone 
absolutely and and there's even times where we have to cut stuff from the episodes that are an hour hour and a half because yeah. like, just too, there's just too much so i feel like this right. is this is putting us in a good place where we both commit to this together because we have been anyway so now we can like actually plan for the future and and do some of the stuff like the stuff we're doing today which is i guess a perfect segue today is going to be the first day or the first week in a four-week series that we're going to kind of just break down each division um we're obviously going to start with the metro because that's the the division i know the most about and then i think we're going to follow up with your division right we're going to go to uh yep. the central afterwards and because that's the the I, i'm fairly familiar with that division as well but i feel like you have a you have a, a little bit more when you know the Blackhawks are in there and stuff, right? Sure. But we got we got some other teams that we we like to talk about a lot. So that, well, when your quarter fun. when the quarter of your schedule is played against that one division, you start to exactly. know that division pretty well. Well, when there's 50 Rangers that leave your team and then they all go play for teams in the fucking Central, you know, you end up following those teams too. Right. right? So mm-hmm. I end up I end up following a lot of teams, and that's re- honestly, I mean, that's a little side note for me, I guess, is that's the real reason I watch so many other teams is because like you'd follow the Rangers when they leave because you do that whole like, well, you're gonna leave the Rangers and be on fire, so let me go watch you and be fucking pissed off, right? Because <laughs> right, that's how it yeah. usually goes, especially no, with the Rangers. Tell me why I do that same that same shit with Alex DeBrinket on Detroit. Like, I was conditioned yeah. since I was a fucking kid to hate Detroit. And Detroit, everything. The Lions, the Tigers, the fucking Red Wings, everything. I was conditioned since I was a kid to fucking hate every single one of those teams. And now that, like, one of my favorite players in Alex Dabrinkit is signed a three-year fucking deal with them, like, I find myself tuning into Red Wings games just to watch Dabrinkit go fucking crazy. Does it also, he's on my fantasy team, so I kind of want to watch him. That's kind of funny because it's like Lions, Tigers, but not the Bears, right? You still watch the Bears. That's in Chicago, baby. <laughs> um, so uh, let's let's just kick this off. Let's get this one rolling because we're obviously going to have a few teams to go through. So we'll start with Columbus. We're starting at the bottom and we're working our way up. So we'll start with Columbus. This series, for everyone that's listening now, that if it wasn't clear enough, it, it's not going to be an in-depth breakdown of each team. It's going to be first impressions from us and then just a little bit of a conversation, right? So right. first of all, uh, Columbus had our number early in the season. Um, we played a horrible game against them. I I still believe, and if you watch a lot of Metro games like I do, especially because it's my division, watching a lot of Metro games, you see that even the bad teams are pretty fucking good, right? 11 points right now in the standings. It, I don't think that Columbus reflects that in a lot of ways. No. I do think I do think that there are um there is some sleeper abilities in there kind of like kind of like the it's really honestly like Chicago right now right it's like yeah. they have the, the sleeper ability to just turn it the fuck on if they could kind of get it together but all the pieces aren't there yet in my personal opinion right sure no I I agree with that and it, you know it's really funny when you say this like oh Columbus has had I remember look every like I've I've said this countless times. The division, interdivisional games can go either way. It doesn't matter if you are yeah, the basement 100%. of the division or the kings of the division. It doesn't matter. Your division game can go any which way at any given time, a random jump of the puck, whatever, right? So, I mean, on paper, this team is kind of like, like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think on paper, this team is kind of like, they should be doing more than what they are doing, if that makes any sense. Like Absolutely. for instance, like I mean, the one thing I will say is like you know their their draft pick from this past year, um, Adam Fantilli, like he is, he's pretty electric 
to watch. I'm not going to lie to you. He is pretty – he's really fun to watch. His stick handling is getting there. Uh, obviously, it's his first year. Um, but, I mean, in 14 games played, he has eight points, which it could be better. Um, definitely what you sure. want out of your, what, number three pick. Um, you definitely want more production out of your number three pick, but it, it, literally in the same thing that I, I've been preaching with Connor Bedard is this guy's 19 years old. This is his first real like professional hockey endeavor. Uh, like it's we're not sure. talking about we're not talking about a player who was drafted and then spent a lot of time in the minors and then you know spent like two three years in the minors and then coming up and now it's his NHL debut. We're talking about a kid where they threw him the Columbus sweater and said, first line, see ya." You know, yeah, and, and that's hard. Your line mate, Patrick Line. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's that's hard for any player that that comes straight from the draft into the the pro team into the top level sure i mean and that's hard for any player right because you have to all of a sudden perform on literally a superstar level right you're you're at the top the national hockey league that's that's the top no one can you can't go any higher than that that that's where you're trying to get everybody dreams of that when they're kids playing hockey right but sure also in the same way i think of connor connor bedard it's like they don't have the experience yet because they they just got to the league but you got to be careful because now they don't have bad tendencies to break, right? They're learning in the mm-hmm. NHL. And now specifically, they didn't have to go through a bunch of, maybe they, you know, went through some juniors and stuff, but they didn't go through the AHL, no KHL, that kind of stuff where they learned bad tendencies. Cause I like, I watch AHL right. games all the time, only ever Hartford, but I see a lot of other teams like Hershey bears and then, you know, Providence Bruins and all the other teams, right? It's, sure. it's a lot slower of a game. The game is not as technical. The tape to tape passing isn't there, right? You don't, you're not expected to be as good. Losses, you don't feel so bad about, right? But in the NHL, a loss could fuck up a whole week, could fuck up a whole month, could fuck up your run. And it, well, yeah, it could like be a, a downward loss, spiral. A loss within the first three months of the season can dictate whether or not you make the playoffs or not. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. you know, that one nothing loss or that two to one loss, one goal loss in fucking December could make or break whether or not you could make the playoffs or not come April. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, it's one of those like real kind of shifty things. But with that being said, I really am looking at Columbus the same way that I'm looking at Chicago, right? So it's like, you got your guy, you got your Hobie Baker winner. You got your 65 points in in college hockey with Michigan. You got your guy, you got the guy like, and, and exactly what you said, where you don't have any bad tendencies to break. You might have some like little tweaks here and there going from college to the NHL, but you don't have like those gnarly kind of like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like you need to figure it, you need to figure it out or get the fuck out type thing. Sure. Uh, you're basically you're like, your ground, your ground to ceiling ratio is, it hasn't even been found yet. So it would be great. Like, you know, if you, if he can come into, you know, come into his own and have like a 30 goal season, fucking, we'll call it 75 points season. Um, then it's like, okay, we know that your ground is around 75 points. We know that no matter what you do, as long as you're taking upward, it could be 76 points the next year, 78 points the year after that, you know, you're on the right track. And, you know, you have three years to develop this kid. So, and you know damn well that, yeah, okay, three years is to, to develop, but you, you're going to sign him for a multi-year deal. 
Dude, I saw this. Um, I know we're talking about the Metro, but and I always bring it back to the Central. But I saw like a, a uh, what is it? Like an extension breakdown of like what could be, what's probably going to get offered to Connor Bedard. It was like seven or eight years. Like you know damn oh, yeah. well they're going to they, unless he dramatically falls off the face of the earth this year. There's no no chance that they offer him less than five years. And I'm talking about Adam Fertilli, not not Connor Bedard. But uh, yeah, unless he absolutely falls off the face of the earth, like there's no chance that they give him, you know, less than five years to, to try to retool him, basically. And it, you know, he has kind of like a star-studded, um, you know, core built around him. I mean, you're you're talking about you have, uh, you know, you got Johnny Hockney next to you. You got Patrick Lyon, a Boone Jenner that's come, that came out of fucking nowhere, and you know, and then you have like the younger guys, like you know, um, Adam Boquist or shit like that too. So, it, and I'm I'm a big Elvis Merzlinkins fan in net. I I love the guy. I thought I think that he's real fucking good behind the pipes. Um, I know the record. And play doesn't really reflect it, but I just think he's a fun guy to have around. Um, definitely have a fun guy to kind of be like a, uh, what's it called? Kind of like a locker room mentor almost to someone like Fintilli. But the ceiling is very high with Columbus. It's just like, I really, I really feel like Columbus and Chicago are going to get good at the same time. It's going to be a fun string of years. Fuck yeah, dude. And, and, a few things I'll put on. Uh, in no way are we downplaying um, the shift that it would take to move to the NHL. We know that it's going to be hard. We just mean that you didn't learn a bunch of bad tendencies from other leagues that aren't as fast and as strong as the NHL. Two, the the Rangers right now are playing Columbus, so we're going we're going to see if the you know if we can hold up to that and and play against them and and not have such a bad game. And I also think that um, honestly that. It's so early in the season that I think that Columbus could make a make it make a name for themselves. You know, I, I don't sure. think it's over for them, and we'll we'll have to see. Time will tell, but I do think that it is a uh, it is very early in the season for them. And then sure. I think 100%. I think uh, moving past that, right? We have um, uh, the Islanders, which is yep. in my, in my opinion just not as strong as the Rangers. And I and people are going to say like, oh, you're comparing them to the Rangers, but yeah, of course, the Islanders, Rangers, they go hand in hand, right? Divisionally, New York, New York teams that always going up against each other. They have Sorokin. I don't think Sorokin has been as hot as he could, but it's the yeah. but it's the it's the flower situation, right? It's the like, sure. what's his ceiling? What's yeah. what's his height? Where could he be at? He's he's still top three in the league, in my personal opinion. That's a really good point. That's a good way to kind of break that one down. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. Um, to me, it just kind of feels like the Islanders have been stagnant for a couple of years and have really no. It's like no plan to almost kind of better themselves, if that makes any sense. I mean, I'm I'm looking at their roster right now, and there's no one that jumps out that's just like, this is your franchise guy. You know what I mean? And it's, it, yeah, it just, it kind of like, it sucks because I would love to absolutely have like, like a good rivalry between the Rangers and the Islanders and the battle for New York, but instead you're dealing with buffalo (laughs) yeah and and it's funny because as a rangers fan bro you used to watch these games and the islanders was always the better team 
And over yeah. the years, over the few last few years it, and last few seasons, it has gone the other way. And also, if you hear any screaming in the background, I apologize. The Rangers game is on, and my dad is watching it. So if you do hear I'm any screaming right now, actually, yeah, yeah. If you hear if you hear any screaming, it's definitely from my dad, which is understandable. We're a hockey house, but the Islanders <laughs> used to be better. Honestly, they used to be so much better than us, and it was like such a physical, chippy game. And I remember yeah. being being pretty young, and then turning to my dad and saying. Dude, this is like a because like, I mean I, I watched hockey pretty much my whole life. I've never been as knowledgeable as I am right now, but I watched hockey my whole life and remember watching the Islanders games. And then I I remember I turned to my dad one day and I said, "Wow, this is like a really like I didn't say chippy, right? I don't remember what I said, but I was like, this sure. is like a really physical game." So basically, I turned to my dad and said, "This is a really chippy game." And he was like, "Yeah, that's that always happens when these guys play each other because you know they're trying to be the better New York team." And and that always kind of stuck with me. And if you ever watch an Islanders New York game, you kind of feel like, "Hey, hey, we're the fucking real New York team. Like we are the real New York team from both sides, right? We're better." And it's just kind of insane to me that the Rangers end with end up with someone like Igor Shesterkin and the Islanders end up with someone like Sorokin, right? Because right. two and, amazing and, goalies going it, – because it, it's always a battle of goalies when they're playing each other. It's like who can score the least then who can sp- score the most, you know what I'm saying? But that goes that goes on to what I was saying earlier of like there's they look like they really don't have any any plans to retool their team to kind of keep up with some of like the younger and the faster teams. I mean, you're looking at this almost looks like the exact same roster as it was five years ago. And there's been and every other team's leveled it. up, right? Every other team it, around them has leveled up, especially the exactly. Rangers, especially the Metro. It, and they just have, they have Sorokin, but right. that it It's clear to be seen since last season for the Rangers, having one of the best goalies is not enough to go fucking all the way. You need no, hundred percent. But at the same, at the same token, it was like you went from, and now I could be totally wrong because let me let me preface this by saying I'm not an Islanders fan, and so I've never really kept up with them, right? But what it felt like is they went from Semyon Varlamov to fucking Ilyas uh, Sorokin, as far as like a goaltending tandem, basically, right? Like that, those were your two fringe starters type shit. Fair enough. Yeah, that, um, that would be fair to say. That's like uh, Henrik Lundqvist to Igor Shesterkin. Yeah, was, there was a right, but uh, Alexander Georgiev in between, but it was yes, not anything that was you. important, right? Thank you, but I. Oh, I'm sorry to report to you that Columbus just scored. It's one nothing. Um, All right, first period, we're good. Yeah, it's fine. It's it was a power play, and guess who was sitting in the box? It was your Lord and Savior Jacob Truba. Um, <laughs> Um, but no, that's what I'm talking about though. Like you want to you need good goaltending in order to go anywhere. Right. Because obviously, you know, offense will get you to where you need to be, but defense, offense wins games, defense wins championships. And your the Fact, end, bro. Facts. the end line of your defense is your goaltender. So you look at the Rangers that went, okay, we had Hank, Hank's gone. Now we have Georgiev. Okay. Georgiev isn't working out. But now we have Shesterkin. Oh fuck, we struck gold with 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 Shesterkin. We're gonna keep running with him until Absolutely. until the wheels fall off on that. The Islanders goaltending, and it's almost like you know we have Varlamov. He was all right. Okay, well he's gone now. Okay, so now we have Sorokin. I guess we'll be okay. You know, there it almost, like I said, it almost looks like there is no plan to be to level up your team at all. That's what it looks like to me. I could be totally wrong. I could have Islanders fans in my ear after we release this episode of saying, like, you're a fucking idiot. 
how can you report on hockey if you don't watch the Islanders or watch any other team besides your fucking shitty ass Blackhawks? I'm just, I'm just telling you what I've seen throughout the years of watching hockey of every now and then you look at the race of the playoffs and it's like the Islanders are nowhere to be found or they're like right there or they sneak in and get bitch slapped by fucking Boston. So it's almost like, I don't know how else to explain it besides it looks like they're not even trying to keep up with some of the other teams that have been leveling up continuously every year. And, and that's, then that's, that's, the that's thing, my yeah. take on that. That's the thing. It's the other teams are going to continue to level up. It's almost like rebuilds, rebuild station time for them. You know, like they're kind of not sure. going through a rebuild, but they're, they're an aging, an aging team that has not kept up with the teams that are around them. And it's kind of a good segue for me to go. I'm going to hit the next three teams. You can break them down. I'm going to hit my piece with them because they kind of go hand in hand. And again, in the Metro, things are are linked. They're kind of interconnected. And I have, like I said, the years of watching these teams. So I think it's important to kind of um, to speak about all three of these teams at the same time, right? So we have okay. Pittsburgh at 14 points, Philadelphia at 15 points, and New Jersey also tied with Philadelphia for 15 points. Now, Pittsburgh, we've talked about all day, right? You have the we, we call the Holy Trinity. We're not we didn't coin that, but we run with it because it's true, right? It's three it is, yeah. three amazing guys on a line that can pretty much do anything. Now they're an aging core. They have added two really great defensemen to their line, which theoretically would make them a better team. But unfortunately, right, the rest of their team I don't feel like has caught up to that. Now Sidney Crosby is going to be Sidney Crosby, and you can't do anything about that. But you can tell that they're at the end tail end of their career, right? Where they're not doing as much as they used to. When they when they hit, they fucking hit. But you know, sometimes it takes a minute for them to get going. And the reason why I'm lumping these three together is because we have three different teams that are in the same position, right? Only one more point above them is Philly and New Jersey. Philly is usually the worst team in the Metro, and they're doing all right. To be in the middle of the Metro is no easy feat, and they're winning games. Not winning a lot of them, but they're winning games. And they're even sure. right next to the New Jersey Devils, who have a hot, young core. But unfortunately, which I think Chicago is going to have to try to work out of in the next few years, not to put everything back to Chicago, but again, you got a Jack Hughes, right? Jack right. Hughes is a, is a Trevor Zegris, is a Connor Bedard. If you put all your eggs in one basket— Unfortunately, injuries usually do take, and if yep. Jack Hughes is ever out, it pretty much means the rest of your team's not going to be able to compete at the level when you're trying to feed Jack Hughes. I mean, the dude like plays like what 35 minutes of ice time every fucking night. It's not sustainable. You no, know, it's, it's something not. that it's can't not. be done. Yeah, I agree with that. And then so I'll say this one thing that can lump all three together: um, you have a high ceiling, low floor team, and it goes for all three. You know, you do have that team that could be sustainable to make it all the way to, to the promised land. But you also could have that team to get bounced in the first round. Um, as far as Pittsburgh, Absolutely. yeah, your Holy Trinity is good, but they've done a really good job of bolstering up the, the second and third line, second, third, and fourth line, where, you know, you have players like Vinny Henestroza and, and Braden Rust? Braden Rust or Brandon? Braden Rust. I could, for some reason, I always want to call him Brandon. And I don't it's, know why. Yeah, it's the bees, bro. Brayden, Brandon, Brendan, Brennan. <laughs> yeah, Brennan. It's all the same shit. Yeah, Brennan. Um, but you you bolster those lines with with kind of low low end, almost uh, what's it like? Kind of cheap ish. You know what I mean? 
Because, I mean, your your books are getting eaten up by the Holy Trinity as it is. So until either those contracts exactly. run out or you find more money somewhere, you know, you kind of got to rely on the on your other three lines to kind of get something cooking. Now, that's the thing, though, is that's kind of uh, Rangers just tied it up. And that was a disgusting, disgusting setup. Oh, who uh, did it? I want to say Kreider. I couldn't see. Ooh. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm fucking right. God damn it. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting off topic. I, I have. It was Kreider. It was Chris Kreider. Fuck yeah, let's go. You do be uh, Kreidering, that's for sure. Kind of, it was a gnarly fucking goal. It was a great setup. And it all started with with a great save um, from... Who's in net? The Quick. Quick's in net, I think. I don't even know, man. I, I don't know right now because I haven't watched the game yet. I don't even know. I'm doing this with you, man. I'm doing this with you. I, I think Quick's in there. I don't know. You should know who your starting goalies are. I know who my starting not, goalies are. Not anymore. Not fucking anymore with the Rangers, yeah, bro. Well, you can't say that. Hey, you know what? You could always look at it like this, right? I mean, the Golden Knights had a fucking goalie carousel last year, and they went all the way and won the fucking Stanley Cup. You kind of have a little bit of a goalie carousel right now, so, you know. I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious. So one, one, it is quickie in that, and two, uh, when Igor comes back, he's going to be fucking pissed off. I'm telling you. So he's going to be sure. different. Yeah. Igor for sure. Quick better than Igor. Um. So all right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We're done. This is the last episode. We're never doing this again. But goodbye. <laughs> no, but uh, no. I, I really think Pittsburgh has done a really has, has done a halfway decent job of kind of bolstering. The other lines and, and going out and getting a, a dynamic defenseman like Eric Carlson, regardless of his age, he's still good. You know what I mean? He's a very goal-scoring, you know, def- defenseman. So even sure. if you don't have that high goal scoring, you still have a defenseman that knows how to do his job really well. So I really think that was a solid, solid fucking pickup for Pittsburgh. Um, Philly is another team that that really could – kind of turns in heads this year. Um, it, they just need to get hot. And I feel like that's really that's really just Philly. Whereas, like, you, they need to get hot. And if they get hot at the right time, oh, boy, they could be dangerous. Um, I really don't have much to add on, on to Philly. And, and honestly, New Jersey is kind of one of those teams where, you know, if they do have kind of like that, the rest of the lineup to, to help the Hughes boys and because, like we said, you know, that 30 minutes, 32 minutes of ice time is not sustainable. I, I don't give a fuck who you are. You know, that shit is not sustainable. And, no, and not. that's going to, even if it's like, well, he's done it for three, four years in a row. Okay, but that could equate to two years less in his career because of lower back injuries or leg injuries, whatever, what have you. Because, you know, he might have to cut his career two years short because of all the time that he spent in the first handful of years in the league. He spent setting records for fucking ice time because there's no one else. You know, I really feel like it's it's going to be a small, a small retooling, if anything, that New Jersey would have to go through. I mean, pretty much like I feel like they're not not so much in a cup or bust year, but a cup and cup or change year. So, you know, it's like if they don't win the cup this year, then, okay, you know, we just have to make some minor retooling. And once we do some retooling, we might. We might be battling with New York for the top. You know, we might be battling, uh, we'll say fucking Vegas for number one in the league, you know. So that's my take on those three. We can go, we can move on to Washington next. 
For sure. And and just to close out on New Jersey, it's a team that's young and hungry, but don't have the pieces to go the distance, in my opinion. I know that they knocked us out first round, but our players' skill ceiling that we have is much higher than the players that they have in New Jersey. And if we're firing on all cylinders, I've never been afraid of New Jersey in my entire life. I've never been afraid of New Jersey, and that still stands today. In the playoffs. And this last playoffs, yeah, they they had our number. But look exactly what happened. They beat the Rangers, who were not playing. I don't know what the problem they had with their coach. They made it to the next round and couldn't do shit because Jack Hughes was burnt out, and you don't have much else, right? That's not the problem that the Rangers right. have. And if they can fire on all cylinders – um, I, I've always never had an issue with playing New Jersey, and I think that's something that they need to figure out this year before they get to the playoffs. Now, right, and that's that's what that's pretty much what I was saying. Like, if you can yeah. find those extra couple of pieces to to fit around Jack Hughes, then or you give might the guy be a break, way you know? better, or give the give him a fucking break for once, be able to healthy scratch him just to have an extra day off and not have to worry about getting blown the fuck out that game. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, we're gonna add four or five pieces, two at the deadline, give them an extension and a two in the off season, maybe pick one up in the draft, whatever, what have you. But if they have that, if they have that kind of want to and pick up some players to fit around Jack Hughes, that's going to give him that break to where he doesn't have to average 32 minutes of ice time a game. Then, then honestly, I'd be a little worried about the, the devils. I really would be. But until then, it's always kind of going to be that little brother type thing when, when it comes to the teams in New York. It's always, they're always going to be that little brother where it's like, okay, you got me this time, but that's it. You know what I mean? Exactly. And like I said, if they would have won the cup last year, they still would have posted about beating the Rangers as more important to them. But <laughs> anyway, like I said, moving on to the next team is Washington. Again, uh, you have an aging Alex Ovechkin, one of the, you know, one of the one of the best players to do it, right? One of the one of the best dudes to do it. Unfortunately, is getting older. Their their motto and their like entire structure has always been, "Hey, we're sending you a postcard from Ovechkin Island, and you know <laughs> we're going to score on you from the left dot. And there's nothing you can do to stop it." Again, he's getting older. I think that Washington is third in the Metro in sheer willpower, and I don't think that they're a bad team. I just think that, unfortunately, because you have a Novechkin on your team, that's how you build it. And I think that that has also been the the, the double sided coin, right? The the reason why they have been doing so well in the in seasons in the past is because of Alex Ovechkin and him scoring. But also, the reason they've done so bad recently is because they just try to feed Alex Ovechkin to break a record, you know, to be the most scoring person sure. in the NHL of all time. That's really what the whole entire team's built around right now. And again, third in the Metro is nothing to, to, to laugh about. But at the same time, I feel like they... Yeah, if, if it gets you in, but... At the same time, it's like I just think that they're destined to fail right now because of, you know, nothing else matters to Washington other than getting Ovechkin there, even a cup, in my personal opinion. That's the that's what matters to them the most. Well, I feel like this. I, I really feel like their their championship window closed after they won in 18, and that was it. And now it's just a yeah. matter of like, okay, we're going to get Ovechkin that his record. Ovechkin will retire. And then we can move on. I Rebuild really and start like, a new, yeah, like a exactly, new start. Exactly. A whole new regime in Washington. Um, another player on Washington that has been just an awful, like an awful start to these 14, 13, 14 games is fucking TJ Oshie. I don't know if you actually paid attention yeah. to his, 
to his numbers lately. This guy, he has one point in 13 games. One point. That is not really sustainable. Bad. That is not how you build a winning team. Where you have players like Nicholas Baxter. Actually, I don't even know if Nicholas Baxter is still on the couch. But, but you have players like TJ Oshie who... You know, they, they're so dynamic and everything kind of goes back to like the, was it 2016 Winter Olympics where he kind of put Team USA on his back and went fucking crazy. Hell yeah. And, 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 and that's kind of like where, and then all of a sudden he, you know, he kind of helps lead the team to a championship two years later and then has completely, like the rest of the Capitals, completely fallen off the face of the earth. And it's really upsetting to see because TJ Oshie was such a great player in St. Louis and a, such a great player in Washington. And now it's just like you have one point in 13 games. You are minus five, dude. You as a player are minus five. I'm never one to really look at like, you know, plus or minuses as if it's like a telling stat. But minus five. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That is not. That For is. Sure. I'm. You're scratched. Not you're great. healthy scratched. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. If I. You're, you're, you're wherever Ryan Reeves is. That's where you are too. Like you're there. <laughs> exactly. No, for real. And and you know that's a fucking another player, man. Um. But no, I really feel like, as as terrible as it sounds, it almost feels like our our childhood is kind of crumbling down, seeing at how old you know Ovechkin has gotten, right? Yeah. Facts. But but that's. That's a player you gotta move on from. And as awful as it sounds, I mean he's he's Ovi. You know, it's just Ovi, baby. If you had to build a franchise, one of the first players I'd be taking is, is Ovechkin. Hundred percent. You know, for his, the leadership and the fucking guy can still take a exactly. hit or still lay a hit, bro. That that dude's still laying out fucking bombs even to this day. Sure, yeah. He's he's just he's a Russian freak. And you know, it's just upsetting to see kind of kind of see him go a little bit downhill, you know, for lack of a better phrase. But, you know, I feel like once he retires, then you're really going to start seeing a fire sale in Washington. I really do. Uh, it, it has to happen. It really does have to happen. You want to build that next championship team. It's not going to start with Ovechkin. It, it's not going to start with like a, what, 40, 41-year-old fucking Alex Ovechkin. Like that's it, it, not, yeah. not going to happen. You can't do it, man. It's not going to fucking work. And I agree. And I don't think, honestly, bro, that no one can disagree with that. That's that's the take, right? I think everybody kind of knows that, honestly. But yeah, I, uh, I definitely. Oh, um, thirty-eight. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. Yeah. He's a veteran. Yeah. Thirty-eight, not forty. Um. So he, moving on to a, a really fucking good team, in my opinion, uh, Carolina Hurricanes, top ten team in the league. And not just in the standings. I believe that they are a top 10 team in the NHL. They're a very sure. fucking good team. Honestly, um, we've had a good, I would say, you know, we've had a good run against them when we saw them in the playoffs. But again, Sebastian Ajo, Jarvis, the uh, young Drury, the other stall. I mean, who the fuck else do these guys have? I, I, I'm drawing a blank. But I mean, uh, Auntie Ranta is a great goalie. I think that they have real fucking depth. They have Brent Burns, who I think is, again, a top 10 defenseman in this league by what he does. I I don't see... I mean, fucking Brady Shea plays for them. So, I mean, they have fucking depth. 
They have the ability to go the distance. I see them as a, a deep playoff running team, and it's just going to be hard because they're in the Metro. Again, another hard division. But Carolina, to me, is always an impressive team. I don't fucking like Sebastian Ajo for what he did to Adam Fox. Of course, I can't. Sure. But he's a fucking good player. He comes to compete, right? And he's dangerous if he's on the ice. you got to fucking pay attention. He does the same thing that Jack Eichel does, right, for Vegas. It's if he's on the ice, you have to watch his bitch ass because he's going to do something that's going to piss me off if you give him the space. I don't want to see it. You know, Artemi Panarin does the same thing to other teams. It's that guy who's like, you can't leave this guy room because he's either going to score or fucking set somebody up real nice. So I think that Carolina is a good team. Um, I can see past the division rivalryness and see and honestly say that I think that they're very good. And they're also, even if we play them again because we beat them before, it, it it's not going to be easy. Do I think that we can do it? Of course I do. I have to believe in my team. But Carolina is going to be the hardest one, in my opinion, in the Metro to compete against. Well, sure. They've always consistently been like that powerhouse of a team that is, uh, you know, some team that you never want to face in the regular season and definitely a team that you don't want to face in the in, in the playoffs. Um, but the problem is they they fall apart in the playoffs every time. And it, 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 it and I don't understand why. I don't know why they they just do not have that that sustainability to carry them into the Stanley Cup. And I, I don't I don't get it. I'll never I'll never understand. I, I really thought they had I think it was like what like two years ago they went to the Eastern Conference Finals and two or three years ago maybe. And and they just looked like an absolute powerhouse through the entire playoffs. Like everything was clicking. Your fucking um, the power play was was clicking. The penalty kill looked fucking insane. Your goaltending was absolutely unreal. Um, and and I really thought that they had kind of the legs to carry them. And it just, they just fucking fell apart in in the Eastern Conference. And it just didn't it didn't make any sense to me. And and especially especially with such a high ceiling that that Carolina has, I just don't I don't understand like what they need to do. Do they need to get rid of players like Michael Bunting, like like Drury? Um, do they need to ditch someone like Jesper Foss? Like, you know, something like that. Like, the, you need to do something to shake it up because obviously you keep running it back with almost the exact same lineup and it's just not working. It's obviously not fucking working. You need to fucking figure something out. And it, it, is it like, do you need to find a fucking sleeper goaltender in the fucking, in, in, in the draft or what? Because, I mean, obviously, Freddie Anderson isn't the guy. All all jokes aside, we say this all the time: uh, a skill issue, right? It's a skill issue. <laughs> it's a skill it's, issue, but it is. It, it's a coach. It's a coaching issue because I feel like that the the Carolina has the same depth that the Rangers have in different ways, and I think if they're utilized properly and tooled properly and drived properly they'd be much more dangerous. And also, their shortcomings in the playoffs are because it is that right the playoffs. Every great team in the regular season has to go through different battles and trials and tribulations during the playoffs. And I just think that that Carolina isn't willing to try other things. Like, yes, I know you did a great job getting here, but getting here is not a cup. You're going to have to change things up. Lines are going to have to be changed. We're going to have to move people right. around. But I think that they have the ability to go that far if they were get, you know, told right. Right. They'll get blown out in a fucking game. Seven nothing, and then run it back with the exact same lines the next night. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? You need obviously your yeah. the offense was not clicking in that game against the Islanders. But you think that that same lineup is going to change against Vegas? 
is that 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 same lineup is going to change anything against that against Vegas? Like you need to you need to see where the faults are and you need to correct them because I mean, obviously, you know, you hear that and you go, "You fucking duh, stupid! What do you think?" Like, no shit, things you got to change. Well, don't tell me that. Tell fucking Carolina that. Because obviously, something's not fucking working. Something's not fucking clicking. You need to figure it out. If that means that you need to retool this team and and, and parting ways with someone like Martin Nikas or Tavo Teravainen or fucking, you know, you want to keep Andrei Sveshnikov like under your belt and, and tied down because that's your future. That's your guy. You know what I mean, and I just I don't see I don't I don't see anything changing with them as far as like a championship run or anything like that until they realize that like hey maybe the head coaching position needs to be vacant. Yeah, and I mean you you hit the nail on the head with that one. I agree. I have a I have a I was planning on doing a Broadway about some of this stuff for this Rangers breakdown again, I'm going, you guys know how I feel about the Rangers. They're top of the Metro right now. They're like, you tied Ranger for, fan? <laughs> they're tied for third in the league. I've, I've been harping about them for fucking 20 plus years. I know what this Rangers team is. I think that even with quick had just being out, he returned and Igor being out, which he's going to come back probably next week. Cause I think we have that stupid Blackhawk schedule. We're off for four or five days. And then we come back. Bro, so, don't even get me started about so that. All right. He's going to have plenty of time to get healthy and come back um, and, and play. It's never it's not a goalie issue. It's not a defense issue. What it really breaks down to is right now we have a new head coach, and Peter Laviolette is, is grinding us through the grindstone, if you will. And what's happening now is we're seeing the Rangers level up in a way that never thought possible by just giving them what they need, right? The support on the lines that they need, letting Artemi Panarin play with some younger, faster guys who are willing to do something crazy and take his passes that he's not going to even look to do because he knows that a guy's going to be there, right? Um, top line with Christopher Kreider and Mika Zibanejad. Again, it's a debate that maybe those guys should be split up, but the chemistry they have is so good that you don't want to. But mm-hmm. with three other lines moving the way that they're moving and the possibility, I, I said this, at our Eastern Cup run, when you play a team like the Rangers, at least in that season, and I think we're getting back to that this season, when you play a, 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 a team like the Rangers and you have four different lines that can score at any moment, that's a mm-hmm. dangerous team. You can't stack your top line against them to counter because your fourth line going against our fourth line can score. Our fourth line going against your first line could still score because the way that we've set up and the depth that we have on the Rangers. Now, of course, I have that Rangers bias, but... You don't get to be the top of the Metro by just, you know, phoning it in, right? The Rangers have uh-huh. gone, I think, 8-0-1 in the last nine games, which is a point at least in the last nine games. That doesn't happen yeah. to a team by accident, right? That is what is – it is a product of what we are working towards, and I think that there are no holes in the Rangers lineup right now. There's only going to be bad games, but I think that Peter Laviolette is using the bad games to teach us all something. And I think morale is high in the locker room. And I think that the mental health and the actual vibes are good because Peter Laviolette is even prioritizing time with family and everything else. Because 
it's a long season, right? And you can be mm-hmm. the best hockey player in the world, but if your family's not there, you know, you're not going to be in it a hundred percent. This is your job. You have to be here, but it seems like Peter's making it very easy for these players to be a hundred percent in when they need to be, because he knows work hard and you're going to be rewarded. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. Now I wanted to talk back about something that you had said literally just two seconds ago about it's not a goaltending issue. And here's here's my argument to that. I do believe that at some point, like that, it is a little bit of a goaltending issue. Now, let me rephrase. Not not, not let me rephrase, but let me let me talk on it. Um, not so much that the goaltending is lacking. Obviously, it's not. You have Jonathan Quick that looks like the Jonathan Quick from old, and we're talking about Stanley Cup winning Jonathan Quick. Yep. And. Well, I can't say that because you literally won a ring with fucking Vegas last year by doing it on the bench. On a bench. But yeah, we're the, talking the about earned Stanley Cup. Jonathan Quick. Yeah. yeah, like that actually worked for Stanley Cup. But no, like Jonathan Quick looks fucking unreal. Louis Deming having to step in when he had to looked fucking good. And then you know, of course you have Igor Shesterkin. The problem is is that injuries are piling up and they're taking its toll. It's no fault of anyone. It's not even the fault of the goalies that got injured. It's just fucking hockey. It's it's just professional sports at a high level. That's just it that shit happens. Um here's my reasoning as to why I believe it is a goalie issue and it's just because that when that in, when you're going on a hot streak like that and that injury comes out, it damages your confidence and damages the kind of like the team mojo because it's like now it's like okay cool so, you know, Igor's out, so let's bring Jonathan Quick in. Let's bring, let's bring the goalie in who had never played with New York, who played against New York, who only had this year to get familiar with his team. And it's kind of – and granted, it's not as detrimental as if it were to be like a quarterback – like a third-string quarterback coming in and getting first – and getting reps with the first team. That's not, you know, that's not at all kind of like the same because let's be honest, you're not exactly having to deal with, you know, passing routes or anything like that when you're a goaltender trying to pass the puck. But it's still like a a confidence issue because, I don't know, you let one goal in, right? Let's just say it's a bad bouncer you let in or some greasy tip in, whatever. Now you're worried about what what your defense is thinking, what your offense is thinking, what the front office is thinking. You know what I mean? Like you're running into all of those kind of what could be mental roadblocks of like, shit, I might have let my team down. This could this could be the goal that decides it going on. It's you know goal that you let in in the first period of five minutes left. You know what I mean? But sure. I do feel like I do feel like it is a little bit of a, a goalie issue. But it is not anything that you can really fix besides staying healthy. But I really feel like if if Igor remains healthy for the rest of the year and you have a, a player like Quick who can stay healthy and still play like his old self, oh my God, the Rangers are going to be disgusting. And it's, you know what's crazy is that the, the Rangers are already disgusting. They already look at you. They're what, 10 2 and 1? The Rangers are fucking 10 yeah, wins insane. already? It's insane. Like we're talking about you're over 20 points. It's huge and, for and, 14 fucking games into the season. Hell yeah. And, and, and I'll leave it at this too. No matter what injuries we get this year, I think that the AHL uh, uh, affiliates, Hartford Wolfpack, have the yeah. most depth of any AHL team I've ever seen. Again, I don't follow them too much on any other teams besides Hartford. But I peruse, right? I look around. 
the depth we have on that fucking team alone is insane. Again, we have Igor Shosturkin, then backing him would be Jonathan Quick, then backing him would be Louis Domingue, who is one of the best third-string goalies of all time, in my opinion. He's just always ready to go, even if he hasn't played, because he hadn't played in the NHL in over a year. And then following him, if ever need be, we have Dylan Garand, who is, in my opinion, going to be the one who takes up the mantle of following Igor's footsteps. He might not ever be a starter, but I can see him coming up to learn from Igor because he's that good. And like I said, the vibes are high because the Rangers have the depth. And if we ever need to pull the guys up, we have the people in the AHL at Hartford to do what needs to be done personally. Right. That's what I've seen. 100%. 100%. And, and you know, maybe he's not a starter for the Rangers, but could be a starter on a team that's rebuilding or whatever the case. But he's going to yeah, get and, his shot one way or another. And some some and, teams don't have a good goalie, and we have four. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> um, no, that's, that's pretty much my standpoint on the Rangers, honestly. I really don't have anything else to add as far as that. I mean, like I said, if, if the Rangers – goaltending can stay healthy they're gonna be even more of a fucking force than than they are now and and i'm really kind of excited to watch it and that is all i have for today yeah we are we're ramping this shit up dude we are gonna have three episodes a week we're taking this as far as it'll take us um, me and Nick love this, love this podcast and we love doing this. We, we really appreciate everyone that's listening and sharing this. It's, um, it's a dream come true. It, it, it really is. And I know that Nick is grateful to be a part of this, but honestly, I'm, I'm grateful just to have him here and to just, you know, hang out with one of my best friends and just do this thing that we're doing. You know, it's, uh, it, it's cool, man. It really is. So, uh, not much to say. We're going to have a new show coming up here soon. I'll be back with some Broadway bonuses this week. And, you know, at the very least, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. So just remember, it's not over till it's over. No quit. Ego we trust. And thank the Lord for CB98.